Welcome to the Frugal Fit Mom podcast today. I have a special guest for you. It is Mindy from the YouTube channel See Mindy Mom. She's a friend of mine. Some people think we're the same person. We are not, in fact, the same person. She has agreed to come on and chat with me today. So I am thrilled to chat with her. I hope you enjoy the episode. Everywhere you can find Mindy will be in the show notes and I'm sure she will tell you herself as well. So without further ado, let's talk to Mindy. Okay, Mindy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Fan, I'm fangirling with my oh, my twin, with my uh, yeah, my my except twin here. Mm-hmm. You always have the glasses, and I never wear glasses. You would think that one thing would let people know that we're not the same person. Well, we don't really look alike either. I think people just think that because maybe we're close to the same age, we have kids, we do you know similar content. I think I probably do a little bit more cooking than you do, but lots of budget content. But I, I, I cannot count the number of times I've had a comment from somebody who's either asked if we're related or did not realize that we were two different people. <laughs> like they had how, just come to the conclusion, <laughs> oh, you're not the same person. Like how, how often, you, how, you how often do you think people say that? Oh gosh, I would get, um, now that my channel's a little bit bigger, it's not happening quite as often, often, but I would say a year ago, I would get a couple of comments a week at least. Wow. Okay. Like two or I three just want to look at our faces and see if I can find it. Okay. I, um, the, okay. The face shape. I mean, I can take the, a little, but like your nose well, is I've much more narrow than hair. mine. And you've had like longer hair most of the time. Like I've, my okay. hair is always okay. pretty short, but there. <laughs> we're both 40 year old moms. That's there you go. That's, that's the look in the middle no, of blonde. Yeah. I kind of like your story because I relate to it because my husband was a teacher and you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I just want to go back and kind of, before you did YouTube and you were a teacher, tell me what you taught, how long, uh, and why you left. I taught high school vocal music. So I have a music education certification. High school was definitely my, that was always what I wanted to do. I love teenagers. I, I guess I'm weird, but I, I always like teenagers. I just think they're fun people. They get sarcasm. And I was also very into English. And I thought that I would teach language arts. I enjoyed writing and reading. I was a good writer. I was that person who always loved to see an essay test because I could totally only really know like, about halfway what like I'm talking weird. about. So different right now because English, mm-hmm. I hated essays. I hated you give me an essay and I wanted to vomit. Give me <laughs> math, algebra, and science all day long. Okay, that's funny because but you're so well spoken too. You're very articulate. So well, you would that think took that a lot English of effort. Would be, I love yeah, books. What? I'm a huge bookworm. I love to read. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. They were like you know and. Okay, my senior paper in high school was the character analysis of Metamorphosis, Kafka. And I was like, this is the worst assignment I've ever been given in my entire life, ever. It was a bad few weeks at our house. In high school, I went to, um, I was selected to the Allstate Chorus, and that was where I was like, oh, this is really cool. I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I went to college and got the degree and immediately started teaching in high schools and a little bit in junior high. It, and I taught for 11 degree? years. What, de- what degree is it? So exactly. I have a bachelor's in music education specifically. Okay, it's music education and specifically. I taught for seven years. 
And then I took two years off. We had one child. We were uh, in the process of opening our home as a foster home. We're fostering and adopting another child. I had an opportunity to go on staff at my church part-time as the music director. So I did that while we were fostering. And then I immediately got pregnant with our youngest. And then I decided I really need to go back (laughs) because this this stay-at-home thing was not for me, at least at that time. (laughs) I, I was like, no. You know, some moms are are better moms when they work. I I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. So then I went back to the classroom for four more years, and then we moved to Tulsa. And that was when my husband and I kind of had this conversation of what what we wanted for our family moving forward. I said, you know, I just think it's going to be really difficult for us to do the kinds of things with our family if I don't have a more flexible schedule. Because teaching high school music, it's a lot of nights and weekends. You know, you're producing a musical for three months. You're out of town at this festival or that festival. It's just, it's a lot of extra work. And it was odd. All of my kids got to school age, and that's when I decided to stay home. Yeah, that's that's and, backwards from most people. They'll mm-hmm. stay when their kids are small, and then once they're in school, they'll go. So I have a sister-in-law who's really into the musical theater thing, and she directs plays, and she has five young children. The oldest is 12, down to three or four. I can never remember their ages. They keep changing all the time. But every time. <laughs> Those darn kids. Every, they, just, I know. they just grow up. I know. There's, I have too many nieces and nephews. I can't keep them straight. So every time she directs a play, it's, I, I know the schedule. She's gone every single night from like six to 11 for weeks and weeks at a time. And then you have the run of the play where they're gone mm-hmm. and, and they t- go and they take the kids. And, and I've been to several of her plays and it's such a cool life as someone who I'm going to say doesn't have any skill in the area, but really appreciates. I love plays. I love musical theater. I love music. I love books, but I'm a horrible singer. I play no instruments. I don't act. <laughs> But but I really appreciate it, and I'm a consumer of it. I have a deep love for it, even though I have no skills in that arena. So I appreciate people like you and like her who take the time to put it on. But also, I think there's a season of life, you know, right. that you can you can commit to it and then not commit to it. And I have teenagers myself, and wow, they take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's the second they get home after school at three. It's chaos until bed and bed isn't until 11 a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. tell me, um, tell me the ages of your kids and how many you have. So I have three kids. They are 13, 10 and nine. And you hit the nail on the head. I, I used to joke with my husband. I, I really say now that I, I, I work from home because YouTube is basically a full-time job, or I guess you could say my brand since I'm trying to branch out into other stuff. It's really a mm-hmm. full-time job, but I, I, yes enjoy that I have the flexibility to work from home. But I used to say I'm a stay at home mom. And from nine to three, I stay at home. And from three to nine, I mom. Yeah. (laughs) Like mom as a verb because yeah, you're right. When they get to that age, it feels like your afternoons and your evenings aren't really your own anymore. Have something that takes us out of the house almost every single evening. I I figure it could come around full circle. I I loved teaching. It's a really hard profession to be in right now. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. lots of professions that are difficult. Every profession has its difficulty, but teaching in general, it's tough, man. And there were some other factors that influenced my decision as to when it, you know, okay, it's time for me to step out of the classroom for for a little bit. And a lot of, a lot of teachers are making that decision right now. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I am married to a teacher myself, so I totally understand. He left the classroom a long time ago. His was more financial based. Back Mm -hmm. when he did it, he transitioned into ed tech, educational technology, and pursued that. It's what he does now for university. Uh, But he left the classroom. I'm trying to remember the date. Oh, nine. 
Did, he, did you tell me he taught Spanish? He yes, Spanish? he's yeah. fluent in Spanish. So his degree is in Spanish education, his bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And then his master's is in educational technology. So you uh, taught for 11 years Hold and on, then I have came to, home. I have to hydrate. I have to hydrate okay, you myself can... really quickly. Oh, hey, I've seen that bottle before. A very dear friend yes to me shameless plug water bottle look at this darling water <laughs> bottle if you're watching if you are listening i will describe it it is a tall <laughs> water bottle with a straw which i love and her <laughs> lovely spoon her smiley face spoon that says if you know you know and i do know so there you go Those are, that that particular design was uh, was for the longtime viewers and you even like put it, viewers. you even like put my name on it. That was so nice. Yeah, they're totally customizable, so which I think is cool. You can always pick those up at lutabottle.com slash I feel like it's Frugal Fit Mom and there's some dashes in there. I'll put that in the show notes. Link in the show. I was about to say link in the description. Link in the show notes. It's, there you go. Well, I also, I also put these on YouTube. So I have a podcast YouTube channel where it also okay. gets audio. So it could also be description depending on where you're listening or watching. Oh, so I was going to say, um, so you taught for 11 years and then you came mm -hmm. home to do the mom thing because the kids needed your afternoons and evenings. So how long was it that you did that before you decided, Hey, I'm going to do this YouTube business thing. About three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in those okay, three no. weeks okay no, to make I, you go this i have too much time on my hands i need to fill it with something it really started out as more like my thing like i need something for me that's sort of creative that will give me something to do i mean i i would say that it started out as a hobby it definitely did but i also kind of had this you know it would be nice if i could make a few hundred bucks here and there maybe get to try some products I don't think I so, ever in a million years would have imagined it would be what it is now. It'd be cool if I could like pay for my, my family's groceries right. doing this from the beginning. I think I, yep. And I think I hoped, okay, if I can pay for my kids' activities, you know, like if they want to <laughs> take dance or piano lessons or play baseball or whatever, I mean, of course, then I didn't even realize how expensive all of that is. Um, but I think I was thinking it's a it, lot. It is a lot. If you're listening, it's a it lot. is it's a yeah. lot. Man, remember the days of diapers and formula? Uh, that was yeah, so cheap and I didn't even know. No, and we I would complain about know. the price of formula and diapers. And Absolutely. I used to, um, well you were a couponer too, right? I yes, I, used I was to get really great diaper deals at CVS. I bought almost all of mm -hmm. our diapers at CVS using coupons and sales and stuff. This was twenty eighteen, right? Mm -hmm. So how long before you were like, okay, we're making some money. We're making my couple hundred dollars a month. How long was that? Um, it was a year probably before I hit even a few hundred dollars a month. I remember that I got to a thousand subscribers and, and 4,000 watch hours. That's the, that's still the threshold, right? Is it still the threshold? It is, yes. For monetization? Those watch hours are demoralizing. Okay. What's funny is I hit the watch hours before, before I the subscribers. Hit the subscribers. Yes. Isn't that weird? I think I just yes. had some good ride or die people who would watch whatever I put up. Okay. But I just wasn't picking up subscribers. And I go mm -hmm. back and I look at those videos and I have, I, I, <laughs> I see why. So mm -hmm. much better at editing. You get so much better at using B-roll. You get more succinct. You get more topic driven. You learn what your audience, it's, it's definite like on the job learning. So I'm grateful yes. that I had those years when I didn't have a big audience while I was figuring all of that out. Like I can't imagine having a big audience and still <laughs> like trying to figure out what in the world I'm doing. But I think I, I hit that threshold in January of 2019. So seven months. Okay. And I remember 
in my first year of monetization, so that would have been January to December, I made in AdSense in those 12 months, $1,100 the whole year. I started my channel in 2015, but I didn't really start posting regularly until much later. 20, probably 2017 is when I was super regular. Mm -hmm. So I think 2017, January to December, I made like $1,500. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was 2018. You, and I've been doing grind. it for a couple of years. Grind. It is a grind. I get asked sometimes to speak to high school kids at, at career days because they want somebody in social media because a lot of kids say they want to go. Really? Oh, I've been asked never. multiple times. And one of the reasons I think they want me to do it is so they they understand, like, this is actual work. It may not look like work when you're watching the influencers that you like, and it looks like it's all fun and games, but it's a lot of work. And I, I, I usually, I think I, I think I told you when we were together in October, like, that I was doing that the next week and that I'm going to crush everybody's dreams. Yes, I do remember that. It sounds like that whenever you really lay out what it takes to make a career out of it. And one of the things I say is don't quit your day job. You're not going to make money for a few years if you were taking this route. For one thing, it's super saturated. You're going to need to learn a lot of skills. You're going to need to have some business acumen. You're going to need to make connections. You're going to need to make content that is engaging. You're going to need to build an audience. All of that takes time. All of these stories you hear about people who have like a viral video or they went to 100,000 subscribers in six months, like those are the exception. They are not the rule that I find. That's the outlier. Mm -hmm. And it really is a lot of work. I think it was 2020. We were like in the beginning of the pandemic and some of my mm -hmm. videos were starting to take off because I do a lot of cooking, right? And people were staying mm -hmm. home right? and they wanted to know how to save money. And they wanted to know how to make easy meals. They wanted to learn how to make bread from scratch. You know, I think you put out like a, a bread video then that did really well. Yep. And that's whenever my channel really started taking off. And towards the end of that year, I remember when I made as much money in a month as I used to make in a month of teaching. And that was when we were like, okay, this could maybe be a thing if we learn a little bit more and put some more time and attention to it. I remember my month where I made on AdSense. So I didn't do sponsors at that time because uh, I mm -hmm. wasn't big enough. I made enough on AdSense to right. match my husband's previous teaching salary for one month. And it for me, it was November of 2019 was yeah. the first month that I was like, well. How long had you been on YouTube at that point? All of 2016, 2017, 2018, the end of 2019. So we're talking three and a half years. Of wow. videos. Yeah. The cool thing about mine is I had created such a backlog of videos at that time. So when that started happening, like I started growing quickly. I was stuck at 15,000 subscribers for a year. Like no one was finding me. And then within two months, I was up to 30. And then two weeks later, I was up to 40. And then my viral video hit and blew everything out of the water. Was that January of 2020? It was when January 13th was the day I posted that video. And within okay. a month, I, I was remember over the video. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I remember that happening. I knew you, I knew you back way back when. You knew me at the beginning. <laughs> I knew you way back when. No, I just went and looked it up. So um, yeah, it was December of 2020. And my AdSense revenue, because like you, I was not really doing sponsorships. Um, I think I had a little, like I was doing a few things where I'd get some referral credit and I maybe had a few things where I was an affiliate getting just a smidge of affiliate stuff, but it was really just AdSense at that point. It was December, 2020 yes. when I hit, when I hit that mark, but it was like, okay, this is definitely legit side hustle money. Yes. And 
it's could be full-time money if I figure out what in the world I'm doing, which I still haven't figured it out. There's lots of things that I still don't know. So listen, there's, yeah. there's always learning on the job. You know, the podcast thing is new for me. I've only been doing it for like two months now. So this is kind of a fun new, new venture for myself that I've been enjoying. Are you enjoying that? I do like it. It's fun to dive deep into topics. Um, I do several with my husband that are very topic specific. So the whole podcast is about this one topic. And I have one that I've taken notes on that I think I'm going to record with him maybe later this week. I'm trying to remember exactly what the topic was, but I, I just heard the question and I was like, oh my gosh, that's a podcast topic. I think the question was what advice, what financial advice would you give a 20 year old? Ooh. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. No. Yeah. But I took some notes to do that one with Dave because I think that one's super fun. And I love doing interviews with people. I just like talking to people. I'm an extrovert, so I just, I Me enjoy too. it quite a bit. Me too. Um, and I'm very chatty. I have to spend a lot of time editing my videos. <laughs> Clearly, as you can see from this podcast, I mean, I can just chit chat forever. So Mindy, you're on YouTube. You've been doing it for several years. You are successful. Congrats, by the way, on your hundred and are you at 50, 150,000? Yeah, I think about think 150,000 <laughs> subs, which after, is after you hit a hundred thousand, you kind of like, I don't watch it as much anymore. I can remember I watching watch it, it like a hawk anymore. when I was really close mm -hmm. to it, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah. So what, what YouTube channels do you enjoy that people might be surprised that you watch? Okay. <laughs> For a while I was watching, uh, this guy named cash Jordan. Have you ever watched cash? Okay. Jordan no. videos? He's a realtor in New York. And so it's these, all these apartment tours in New York. I don't know oh, why I find maybe, it interesting. Maybe I tiny. have like a hundred square foot apartment in New York city tour. And it's, and it's like $6,000 a month or something. It's like yes. something crazy. Yeah. And so I don't know why I was interested in that, but actually the way that he films really draws you in. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. He's an interesting guy. He makes jokes, takes you around the neighborhood and stuff. So for a while I was kind of binging a lot of his stuff. And lately I have been watching my, my daughter, my oldest daughter is into what well, she's actually been reading more of the classics lately. She's a, she's a voracious reader, but for a while she was really into like science fiction and fantasy fiction. She was reading and watching all of the Lord of the Rings and she got mm -hmm. me into this nerd of the rings channel. Oh, no. <laughs> have you ever heard of nerd of the rings? It's no. like a big channel, but it's, it's really nerdy. Um, that they go through like all the history of the characters and stuff like that. So I don't know why I, I thought that was interesting. And just recently, these are all so random and this is the way my mind works. I can't, I can't always watch channels that are like mine. Like I've been doing that all day. I don't really want to watch a cooking channel. You ready for this? You ready? This is truth right here. I don't watch any people in my genre. Yeah. Like any because yes, I do it all day. It's what I do. Uh, but number two, I don't want to be influenced by them. I want to do oh, me. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like if I get really caught up into what they're doing, I will be influenced to do things the way they do, tell stories the way they do, film the way they do. And I don't want to do that. I want to do me. Although I will say I do watch this crazy life. Anytime they do a makeover, a room makeover, because I love room makeovers. I don't think I, do if I she's know doing, that channel. I don't think I know. I don't know. Channel. Her name's Amanda. She's the okay. sweetest, but she does like, um, like home decorating and things like that. She just redid this teeny little apartment into an Airbnb. I couldn't believe what she did. It was amazing on a budget. It was so small. She made it functional and cute. Yeah. And that's really interesting to me because I don't do that. Well, and I also want to watch stuff that, I mean, 
YouTube, it's about community or it's about education, how to change right. a tire, how to make bread that, how to make bread from scratch mm -hmm. or whatever. So sometimes I'm watching things because there's things that I'm not good at that I want to learn. Like I've, I've been watching mm -hmm. some videos from Marnie Goldberg. Do you know who Marnie, Mar Marnie Goldberg is? No. So she's in like fashion and I think maybe she was in beauty for a little while too. And I think she's, it's like geared towards over 40 women. So she has some really great videos about dressing and I just mm -hmm. relate to that style. So I've been watching some videos, you know, trying to get some ideas for wardrobe. I've also, you're going to laugh at this one. If you thought nerd of the rings was funny for the, some reason, the last couple of weeks, this channel has been suggested to me called upon Friar review. What and it's is these that? two, it's these two priests that review movies and like, oh my gosh, media that sounds amazing. It's really funny. And so they, they actually are watching it and you see clips of it and they talk about it. And so they talk a little, some of them are religious movies and some of them are just like, they did one over at Jim Gaffigan stand up. Yep. And they'll, so they'll talk about it and they'll laugh about it. Um, and sometimes they'll even relate it back to some of their, their theology and they'll have some theological conversations, but it was just, I don't know why it's just really funny and just kind of down to earth. What book are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? No, no, no. I have a couple going on my Libby. I'm listening to the Percy Jackson series because my kids oh, all like so those books. Good. And I, I've, I've gone through the first one. I'm reading the second one. And I'm also trying to read Keeper of the Lost Cities because my oldest daughter really liked that series. Just, just to kind of have an idea of what they, what they like and what yep. they're reading. And I'm listening to another from that sort of genre called The Red Queen, but it's not the oh, Philippa. Yes. yes. It's not. I've read um, uh, the first three. What is it? Yeah. Who's the author on that one? I need to pull uh, it up. Avangard? I'm actually listening to it. Avangard? Something Avangard? It's on my nightstand right now. Yeah. Aviard or Av yeah. Yes. Victoria Aviard. Futuristic dystopia. Can I just say, um, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but are you in book one right now? I'm only in book one. Yeah. Okay. I can't. Never mind. I'm not going to say. I'm, I'm often picking up one book, reading it for a while, putting it down, picking up another book, reading it for a while, putting it down. Do Sometimes it just depends on what mood I'm in. I need to read more. That needs to be my, my new year's resolution. Cause I need to read more. I don't make the time for it. All right. So what is your favorite and least favorite thing about being a mom? Gosh. One, one uh, on favorite, least favorite. I actually really enjoy watching my kids do their thing. I get a kick out of like watching them. And I, it was that way for me as a teacher too. Like I actually liked directing all the stuff because then I could just help them do the work, but then let them take the stage. My least favorite thing. Oh, okay. I'm going to sound like a jerk for saying this. All the emails. I mean, I am constantly <laughs> getting, I am getting probably a dozen emails a day from various wow. and sundry sources for my kids of things that they need to bring, things that they're uh, looking for in their classrooms. And I, that's not to say that I don't want their teachers to communicate with me or anything, but it just seems like I'm getting it. And I have like four different apps for the different sports and activities that they're involved don't in. Don't even you get have, started you have Team on Snap apps. and Game oh Changer gosh. and Group Me and um, Remind. And Remind. you have all the emails coming band? in. We, we use Band also. Oh, I don't have that one yet. Ugh, maybe yeah, that's for team, team gymnastics. Okay. It's so much. And I, I find it overwhelming and I'm overstimulated by all the information coming in from all the sources. So what is your favorite thing about being a YouTuber and your least favorite thing about being a YouTuber? Well, at this point you could say it's your career. You make yeah. good money. 
you know, you fund a lot of your family's things, retirement, all these kinds of things. You're very successful. Um, so what's your favorite thing and the least favorite thing? It's interesting because I don't know if you run into this. It, it is, I do consider it my job. When people ask me what I do, I say I work in social media because it's kind of hard to explain. Mm. I'm a YouTuber, yeah. but people don't always see it that way. Like they don't see it as legitimate work. And so I find it difficult sometimes. I have to really protect my time because people will say, oh, you're just a YouTuber. So you can be the homeroom mom and you can volunteer mm -hmm. in the classroom and you can substitute teach for us and you can come to the church to volunteer with this group. And I'm like, no, I like, I have to work during these hours. That might be my least favorite thing about it. Even more so than the comments. I think, you know, people are always like, oh, it must be so hard to get snarky comments or hateful comments. And I'm like, nah, you kind of grow a tough yeah, skin. Yeah. You just ignore them. Just move on. There's plenty of nice people. There are some people who, when they find out like what I made on a video or what a sponsor paid me, I mean, their jaw just drops. Do you tell and people that? If they ask, I told my best friend a week ago, mm -hmm. the most I ever got paid for one video. Right. But no. nobody else knows. I mean, my husband obviously knows. No, I don't go around saying, here's how much I made in a year. But if it's like a conversation about YouTube and they ask me specifically, you know, and I, and I usually give them like a ballpark. It's not in a like <laughs> braggy way. It's more in just an informational way because people have no idea. They just don't, they don't know. People have asked me like two questions and it's like, how, like how much would do perfect make on YouTube? You know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well they have this many views. Their videos are this long. They have these sponsors. They support like 10 households off of their one channel. So I was like, it's several million a month that they make. And they're like, you think it's a what? month? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then. I've had one guy ask me, he's a doctor and he was like, I knew these YouTubers once and they said you could make like $20,000 a month on YouTube. And I was like, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does, but you can. It takes so long to make it to that threshold where it's a decent oh, yeah. income that most people give up. I mean, a fraction of 1% of YouTube channels have over a hundred thousand subscribers. And even then your views have to keep up. Like subscribers don't matter as much as people think. It's really about yeah, it the is views the that you're views. getting. I mean, it took me over three years to, yeah, it took me not, not even come close to that. It was just last year. Yeah. It was three, it was three years for me. It was almost three years to make it to a hundred thousand subscribers. And it took me, like I said, even two and a half or two, almost two years to make it to just being like what I used to make as a teacher, which isn't even that big of a thing. So did you tell me your favorite thing about YouTube? Well, I mean, my favorite, I, not to sound cliche, but being able to provide an income for my family that is really allowing us to do some extra things. It's allowing us to shore up retirement and investments and some, you know, boring adult stuff and put money into their college funds, et cetera, et cetera. But it also helps us pay for like, you know, all the extra activities that they want to do or trips that they want to take, you know, being able to make some upgrades to the house things, things like that, the kinds of things that aren't mm -hmm. necessities. So that has been an unforeseen result. You know, I would have never imagined that that would be what it is. Besides that, I would say the people, the people that I've met, I have gotten to know a lot of really cool creators, including present company, but you like, know, you like me, yes. Like the Christine from frugal fitness. <laughs> 
YouTube's frugal fit mom. Like you and me and Jen, we have kind of a little like text thread and we, it's really nice to be able just to bounce ideas off of each other. Cause a lot of times we're like, Hey, how does this thumbnail look? Or what do you think of this title? Or, you know, even just a place to vent about things that only we understand. And there's several other creators that, that I'm in touch with. Uh, it's been nice, but beyond that, I have a lot of really nice viewers who leave me really, really nice, encouraging comments who tell me their stories who sometimes tell me things that just break my heart, you know, or that just really are encouraging or uplifting for me or a way that I help them in some way. And I don't mean that as a humble brag or something. I just mean, I'm always surprised, you know, and taken aback to hear that I'm delighted, but I'm always like, Oh wow. I had never really thought about this as an opportunity to give people some realistic, practical help. And when I finally realized that a couple of years ago, that was when sort of my, mind frame around YouTube shifted. And that's sort of my mission uh, with the videos that I make. I try to make them helpful in a pine and it pine in a kind, positive, realistic way. And just getting to know people and seeing the same ones come back to me and check in with me and tell me how they're doing, or if they tried a recipe or if this particular meal plan, they shared it with a friend or they showed it to their daughter or their kids or something. I don't know. I just find something really satisfying and fulfilling about that. I think that's really fulfilling. I agree. I, I do enjoy that as well. Mindy, it's the end of your life. You get one last meal. What do you pick? I get one last meal, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can make it big, but not a buffet, but, but big. What do you pick? Okay. I got to go with my favorite Tex-Mex favorite, which is cheese enchiladas with sour cream sauce, rice and beans, chips, homemade salsa, homemade queso, homemade tortillas. Oh, homemade tortillas. Oh my gosh. Those are so good. And then for desserts, probably would depend on what I'm feeling that day, but I'm a big fan of fluffy white buttercream icing. Love it. So it'd probably be like a piece of cake like this thin with icing like that tall. I'm a big, I'm a big frosting fan, but yeah, Texas, so like I mean, this four is, times the amount of frosting. Yep, exactly. This is, yeah. I mean, this is Oklahoma, right? So I mean, it's just kind of a way, like every other restaurant is, is this. And if you don't have good setup, like if you don't have chips and salsa and probably queso and homemade tortillas in your like Tex-Mex style restaurant here, you're not going to What gonna are you even it. doing? Yeah. You're yeah, not, yeah. Not you know, cause you're from Texas. You, you get it, right? I know. Yeah. I know it. We actually have a high Hispanic population here where I live. So we have a lot of, uh, I'm going to call them hole in the wall Mexican joints. Those that are the are best bomb. places though. They're the best. Those are the best. And they have this like refried bean dip. That's like pureed and thin, like a salsa, like, like <gasps> soupy, but it's, a, oh, but it's refried amazing. beans there with these hot chips. They're so good. Okay. That sounds amazing. Yeah. They're good. Super good. Amazing. That's my okay, thing. What, what would yours be? I went to this restaurant in Jackson, Wyoming for my birthday and it's a burger joint. And I had this burger. I can't remember the name of it, but I can tell you that it had like a barbecue, like a Chipotle barbecue mayo on the burger with oh, like, man. with like a white queso drizzle oh. and a, like a grilled poblano oh, and bacon. That sounds and amazing. it was life-changing. That was the best freaking burger I've ever had. If you're ever in Jackson, Wyoming, the place is Liberty Burger. That's the restaurant. Oh my gosh. I mean, you um, had me at like Chipotle Mayo, but then you added the 
queso and oh the my poblano gosh. and oh okay that sounds amazing i didn't i didn't even give dave a bite i don't think i was like i'm just gonna <laughs> munch on this burger all day long and then i love me some spicy waffle fries and then dessert it's close I to lunchtime go, here it's making me hungry i know i love apples like cooked like like an apple okay. crisp with a lot yep. of cinnamon and brown sugar and whipped cream like that like a really good one not ice cream i have to have ice cream on my eh. apple crisp Nah, it doesn't need to be ice cream. Okay, if I it's going to have... be ice cream, it's got to be Reed's Dairy ice cream. And if you're from Idaho, you know what I'm saying. Reed's Dairy. Okay. How does yeah, it compare to local... Bluebell? Oh, it's better. It's better than Bluebell. Okay. It is better than Bluebell. And here's why I say that. My whole family, who is also from Texas, who loves Bluebell, and Bluebell is bomb. I took them all to Reed's Dairy, and they were like, and I even said that. I'm like, listen, it's better. Like, you're at you're at the dairy. The cows are yeah. outside. And they were like, you're right. It is, it is better. It's, oh my gosh, it's so creamy. So tell me your favorite uh, musical theater production. Favorite. Okay. I think that depends. Um, it depends on like if I'm watching it or if I'm directing it. Uh, there are certain yes, that watching, I like to. The, uh, okay. Just watching. Uh, I'm trying to think of what some of my favorites have been. I mean, I, I do enjoy getting to like see the classics when they come through, you know, seeing Hello Dolly and the music man and fiddler. And I mean, there's just something about, I saw Phantom and Les Mis and all that. There's just something mm -hmm. about seeing those. That's really, really special. I mean, I saw Hamilton and I have to say it did not disappoint for me when it came right. through. I thought it was really good. I think it's important though, that you familiarize yourself with the soundtrack before you go. Cause 75,000 words is a lot <laughs> yes. to, to listen to. I saw a uh, spam a lot a few years back and I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And like I said, I, there's something just really exciting or moving about watching Les Mis. Mm -hmm. It's so cliche to say that, but man, it, it, it was another one like Hamilton where it's so built up in your mind that it can't possibly right. live up. And but it does, it did. And there's been so many through the, there, there, there have been so many through the years, uh, lesser known or better known that I've seen. I feel like I actually haven't been to the theater much in the last 10 years because I did so much. I worked so much in that field and directed so many shows that when I had spare time, I was like, I don't want to go to the theater. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go watch anything uh, like that right now, but I don't you know. know which one surprised me that it was so good. It must have been 10 years ago and it was a local production. So I was really not expecting much because <laughs> I live in a small area. Yeah. But we went and saw Shrek the Musical. Oh, Shrek, yeah. At a, at, at a local high school. And I, I grew up with the movie. I saw it in the theater, like, yeah. when I was a teenager. So I didn't know that they had made a musical out of it. I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, oh, we're, I guess we'll just go to this local thing. It's not that expensive. We went, and I loved it. Yeah. Like, I've, it was so good. That one is really popular in schools, too. Is it? Uh, it's really it's really popular to produce at the high school. And they have a junior version too to produce at junior mm -hmm. highs. I I gotta admit I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the stage show, uh, but I've it heard is great. really good things about it. I've heard fantastic things about it from people who have directed it and just say it's a really good one to direct, and also people who've seen it and just said it's really entertaining. Take your kids to it. But I've I've heard good I things. Would, about I would that. say take your kids to it. Super entertaining. Really enjoyed it. And then I saw um, a, we don't have many. Broadway productions come through where I live. We have to travel really far to mm -hmm. get to some. And I tried to buy tickets to Dear Evan Hansen um, in 2020. So you can guess how that went. Oh, uh, yeah. So we ended up not being able to see it. But before that, I've seen, um, I saw Wicked on their first go round many, many years ago. And that blew my mind. 
That's so funny. I've still not seen it because I can't stand <gasps> it. I can't stand the music. I know. Here, hey, listen, you here's get, the what? story. Here's the story. Okay. That came out in like, came to Broadway in 2001 or 2002. So I was Something in college. Like I was in college. I was also involved in pageants at the time, which is a whole other story. But I heard those songs over and over and okay. over and over and over again to the point and not not just and then going into teaching high school music and everybody wants mm-hmm. to sing popular and defying gravity and the wizard and i and i feel like i mean i could i could probably sing that whole soundtrack for you having never seen the musical and i got really so funny. tired of it that i was like no i just can't i even had this like funny rule in my classroom that you know you shall not speak of wicked like, we're not even going to talk That's about so it. Funny. Don't ask me if we can sing something from it. I had the same rule about Rent. And the other I had one a different that... experience with Wicked. Yeah. I yeah, didn't know any yeah. of the music and until I was, like, in the theater watching. It was the first time I'd heard any of the songs. Yeah, and listen, if, I, if that had been my experience, I, I would have felt that way, too. There's a reason why it's so popular. It's super catchy. The other one I would love to see, if it ever came through, is Catch Me If You Can, because I really love that mm-hmm. movie, and I've, I've listened to some of the music. I think it sounds really good. I want to see Come From Away. It came through and I didn't catch it. So maybe it'll come to like a local theater soon. I've heard that that's really great. Where can everyone find you? Obviously, YouTube. Yep. C Mindy Mom. S E E M I N D Y M O M. And then where just, else? Do you have anything just, else? Just on just Instagram. That's all I can keep up with right now. I can't. Is your Instagram also C Mindy Mom? Yes. It's just at C Mindy Mom. And um, what type I don't of content do you, uh, do you make? via the YouTube, just so people know what to expect? Well, I mostly do cooking videos. <laughs> Contrary to some advice I have received from a very good friend of mine. Oh, uh, I yeah. feel like that may have been me. <laughs> I do mostly content that revolves around what's happening in my kitchen, how I am navigating this season of life, feeding my family. So I do a few grocery hauls, but mostly it's uh, cooking videos or specific meal plans. It's usually topical. So uh, like the video I put out yesterday is 15 minute meals. So really quick meals, um, you know, a crock pot video, a budget cooking video, you know, these are $5 dinners, or this is a week of, of meals for a hundred bucks or, or something like that. And that's typically what you're going to find. I started the vlogging channel because I actually like vlogging. I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it every day, but I like doing it occasionally. And I would get really good engagement on my vlogs. Like I would get lots of comments and people would really like watching it, but the overall views were, were not good. So yeah, you've been posted in this in nine months. Nope. I haven't. I, I right. couldn't but keep it's up there with it. If people want to find it. Yeah, it's there. I, I can't quite bring myself to shut it down. Cause I still keep thinking, you know, maybe I'll get, maybe, maybe I'll get back to it. And Normally, if you don't post to a channel for a couple of months, it's dead. But because I have my primary channel, I can always, you know, I can always reboot it from that point. I can send people over right. to the channel if I started doing new content. But I, I enjoy doing vlogs, so I started a separate channel for them. And then I just found out it was too much to try to keep up with two channels. So it's Vlogmas now. Actually, I'm filming some daily vlogs because people actually I'm filming one today. So I should like get some I should get some B-roll of me like talking with you here. <laughs> you could, you could totally do that <laughs> go uh, subscribe to my podcast everybody yes yes <laughs> and it's also on youtube frugal fit mom podcast original right yeah hey it works that's the whole Super thing original. i asked somebody about that when i was naming other my other channel they're like don't do something outrageous you want people to be able to find it so that makes sense right exactly so thank you mindy for hanging out with me this morning sure. i know you have a lot of stuff to do so i'm gonna let you yes, i have to go by get Pringles. to it 
Once again, if you guys want to find Mindy, it's see Mindy Mom on YouTube, see Mindy Mom on Instagram, or if you want to go see some vlogs, see Mindy Vlog. Some old vlogs, yeah. Some old vlogs <laughs> on YouTube as well. Maybe one day she'll even have a website. Well, I hope everyone has a great day. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet, and we would love to have you review it. It helps people find it. So thanks yes. a lot. Bye. Check it out.